Welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast. Here to introduce you to the great musicians and music businesses and organizations of Wisconsin. Hey everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of the Wisconsin Music Podcast, where we amplify the incredible talents that calls Wisconsin home. I'm your host, Zach Fell, and today we've got a treat for all you metal enthusiasts out there. Buckle up as we dive into the world of Daylight Riot, a formidable four-piece heavy metal band hailing from the vibrant city of Green Bay, Wisconsin. Officially forming in the summer of 21, this powerhouse has wasted no time making waves across the Fox Valley and beyond. Daylight Riot's music is a captivating blend of classic heavy metal and a progressive metal, drawing inspiration from the dark and mysterious realms of Edgar Allan Poe and H.P. Lovecraft. Get ready for a musical journey that creates a gloomy and haunting atmosphere within their sound. Having shared the stage with some of Wisconsin's finest metal acts like Bottom Shelf, Post Traumatic, Crown and Scepter, Radio for Pets, Paramorpheus, and more, Daylight Riot is carving their own path in the metal scene. Stay tuned as we'll dive into their journey, influences, and the making of their debut full-length LP, Tragedy of the Raven. This unsigned gem is on the brink of unleashing their unique sonic experience, and we're here to give you an exclusive sneak peek. For more Daylight Riot content, and to stay connected with the band, check out the link in the episode notes or visit their link tree. So metalheads and music lovers alike, get ready to amplify your experience with the raw energy and creativity of Daylight Riot, right here on the Wisconsin Music Podcast. Welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast. This week we have Daylight Riot. They're based in Green Bay. They're going to first tell us a little bit about themselves, their music origin story, and uh, welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us, man. Cool. So who do we have in uh, on the other side of this camera? Which side over here? <laughs> yeah, well, you, yeah. yeah, hey, uh, I'm Alex. I do the vocals for the band. Um, when did I join? Like, what, 2021, I think it was? Early 2021? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was just kind of on this, like, website because I wanted to do vocals and for, like, a harder rock band, metal band, and just looking around, and I found your link, I think it was, Grace, and I reached out to him, and we hung out one day at his apartment, and then the rest is history. <laughs> Yeah, and then I'm Nathan. I'm guitar. Uh, I'm the newest member of the band. I joined just over a year ago, and uh, yeah, I just saw Greg's this lad <laughs> and uh, kind of drive with the guys. So, yeah. and yeah, I'm Javi. I'm the bass player. Um, I joined after Alex, but before Grayson, uh, who's the only founding member, I think. Uh, I think I joined in October 2021. So joined before me? No, after Alex, but sorry. Before Nathan. But before Nathan. Yeah. <laughs> no, <that's right. laughs> not not before Grayson. <laughs> Nobody joined before Grayson. Exactly. Um, family web of <laughs> and yeah, and then Grayson. I'm Grayson. I'm the uh drummer and I guess backing vocalist founding member. So I was the one who kinda put this whole shindig together. So, so why don't you uh give us a little bit more detail then about how you wa- wanted to start this group? I mean, like I've been kind of trying to do music for a couple of years now, like four or five years. This whole thing started with my, I met a guy in college. He was a guitar player. His name's Garrett. And he and I kind of were the ones who like started really taking this seriously and trying to do something with it. Um, he left cause he had other, you know, other obligations and other ambitions that he wanted to do, but he was kind of instrumental in helping me like put this whole thing together. 
Um, and then I met the rest of the guys while Garrett and I were still trying to put stuff together and get things going. And then after Garrett left, we had Nathan join and it's just kind of how we've been. Wonderful. And then, so why don't you give the listeners just a small background on how you started in music, each one of you? Well, for me, um, when I was like, I don't know. I guess like when I first started like diving into like music a little more heavily, I was like in like seventh grade and I took a, like a guitar class or whatever. And I thought that was kind of cool. And then I took, um, I played like trombone in high school and stuff, um, like all throughout high school and middle school and whatnot. And I like know how to play like the piano and like drums, guitar, um, and I never really like dove too far into like vocals. Like I, I wasn't like in choir or anything in school. Um, but after high school, I kind of like, and like into like college age or whatever, I kind of stopped like doing music stuff. Um, but then I kind of got like this ambition to be like, you know, I want to try doing this and see how it goes. Um, and just step out of my comfort zone for like genre wise. And like I said in the beginning too, like I just reached out to Grace and then we've been just going hard ever since. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. I'll just, I'll go next then. I'll just keep going. So. Yeah, I mean, I've always loved music. Um, I didn't start learning guitar until I think I was like in fourth grade. My dad started teaching me. Played in a few bands in high school. And then I moved to Eau Claire, Wisconsin. And I played in a band for about four years. Um, This band called Ever Noir. We're kind of a heavier band. Um, And they're still together and we're still close. We actually have a show with them in a couple uh, couple weeks here. But... um, yeah, I've just always loved music. Um, I played in bands. I played in band in like high school and college. Um, and then I also dabble a little bit with like piano and percussion and really anything that I guess I have an affinity towards. Um, kind of get fixated on like random things here and there. But um, yeah, that's the, it's me in a nutshell. Okay. And yeah, for me, uh, I think I started playing music in high school, uh, junior year. Uh, so I'm a little older than these guys. So that for me is like 14 years ago, I think. And it, it all started because like my one friend and I were really like addicted to Guitar Hero and <laughs> we were getting into metal and it was like, Hey, you know, it would be good to like do this for real. So the deal was like, he would learn how to play guitar and I would learn how to play bass. And in the end, I was the only one who like stuck with it, I guess. <laughs> And then uh, a few months later, I actually joined my first band, uh, which was kind of like a classical heavy metal band. And then I started getting more into prog and did prog metal for a while, then something that leaned more towards metalcore. And then I started playing guitar for like an Irish uh, folk music band, which is like complete opposite of everything else. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. So in general, I really like, uh, you know, many different kinds of music. Um, and then I, I moved to the States, uh, I want to say six years ago. Yeah, six years ago, 2017. Um, and I was very focused on work. I didn't really um, play music. Uh, lived in California for like four or five years and then moved to Wisconsin and started looking for a band and found these guys. And we've stuck together ever since. Mine's not anything spectacular. I started playing drums in fifth grade i think then i got to like middle school and i wanted like they needed a jazz uh jazz 
drum set player. So I just said, I have no experience, but I'll try it. Stuck with it. And then I realized like, as I, you know, started taking lessons that, oh, hey, I can actually like play music I enjoy listening to. So I started, you know, learning Metallica and rock songs, you know, the usual stuff. Um, played in a few bands in high school. And then when I got out of high school, that was kind of when I really decided that I wanted to start doing this. So I think officially I've been playing drums for like 10 years now. Okay. You guys have been together as this four piece right now since when? 21? Well, for starting from when I joined, since I'm the latest member, uh, that would have been 2022. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. We've been a four piece since the start of this year. Okay. So we were we were originally a five piece. We had a, a rhythm guitar player. Um, he left because he had other, you know, other things to worry about and right. other conditions. So, yeah. Um, officially as a band, like the band Daylight Riot, I guess has been official since like the summer of 2021. That's kind of when we started taking it more seriously. And I'd probably say that, yeah, doing things, you know, putting out music and that sort of stuff. All right. Where do you guys mostly perform at? Is it usually festivals or are you more into like the bar scene well where are you guys playing so we're not too picky um i mean we'll play wherever but we tend to play just kind of at our local like bar and small venue scene like in the fox valley um we did actually play a smaller uh festival just a few weekends ago but yeah just uh that's kind of what we do okay we're going to Minneapolis at the end of the month. So yeah, that's, that's yep. pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> first out of state gig. Excellent, excellent. So you guys complain since I mean, longer than 2021. So let's kind of talk about the local scene attitude um, for the type of music that you guys play. Uh, what, let's first talk about the pauses. What are you seeing out there that's showing you a positive feedback on what you're doing? I'd probably say that um, there's a couple bands that we've like shared like stages with like there's a band that we know called uh post traumatic they played they opened for power man 5000 at the <laughs> epic event center in green bay recently so like like that's like a big move for them and like just a positive impact for like the local scene over here and then there's another band that we uh kind of associate with they, they got like almost 15k streams or monthly listeners on spotify right now and they're doing really good so like just having like seeing everybody doing really well like that like that we you know share like little dive bar stages sometimes with it's like it's a pretty positive impact for all of us i think so excellent and then on the other side of that what are you seeing some struggles in your local scene that need improvement venues (laughs) yeah yeah specifically in the green bay area there's been a lot of like there's been a steady decline of venues that are accepting of like the type of music that we play and like metal music and punk music and that sort of stuff like Nobody wants to play it anymore. I don't know why. Like, I don't it brings know. in a lot of crowds, though. Every time we've had like shows, like like you know, at the at the one place we did, that was like that was probably one of our biggest shows. At the like, lyric room, yeah, the lyric yeah. room, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it seems like a lot of the venues or like places that will facilitate a metal show, like it take almost becomes like a passion project. Um, whereas most venues are tending to kind of air towards more of like the safer side of music so like cover bands and like i don't know more of the family friendly type music right um, not aggressive <laughs> yeah so i don't know it's it would be it definitely would be nice if there were more venues in the area that was yeah. accepting of the type of music you guys play yeah yeah 
Okay. So what would you think would help make your genre more acceptable to the venues in your area? Or do you think that you need to go outside your area to collect a bigger audience? Me personally, I think the Milwaukee scene for metal down there is pretty good, from at least what I heard, because we're up in Green Bay. But I think we probably would have to expand our horizons a little bit, because it seems like it's on a weird decline up here, um, just for like metal shows for local events and stuff. But like, I think going out and expanding our horizons, like we said, like we're going to Minneapolis, and hopefully that's like going to be a cool exposure for us and stuff like that. So the music itself also helps. Because I guess we do metal, but we don't have like exclusively screaming vocals. I would say we have a 50-50 mix of screaming and clean vocals. Sure. Um, so that makes it, I guess, for a casual listener or a casual audience uh, member, I guess, more easy to listen to than, than other bands. And I guess I've had like family and friends attend our shows that are not necessarily into metal, but they told us, hey, you guys are actually like quite easy to listen to. So uh, I guess that's one thing, but then... Yeah, when you reach uh, reach out to venues, you just say, "Oh, we're a metal band." That I guess they might assume that it's like all screaming all the time, and that might put some people off. Right. Uh, so that goes into I guess recording and having material and pe- that people can listen to, you know, right? So that they you know what we sound like. So maybe instead of calling yourselves a metal band, maybe you need to find something that kind of incorporates both sides of the of the vocal techniques you guys incorporate. Yeah, I mean, that's not a, I guess, a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, like you said, um, sometimes when people hear it's, you know, your 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 metal band, they think, just like you said, it's all going to be that really hardcore vocal style. But if you're doing, you know, something a little bit on the softer side of that for other songs, you know, just, you know, just maybe to help your brand expand a little bit more. Yeah, I think that's pretty good solid advice, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I try. I try to help out as many people as I can with, you know, with my thoughts. And some people take them, some people don't, which is totally fine too. I not always right, that's for sure. And then neither. But speaking of your music and listening to recordings, let's kind of talk about the things you guys have been recording lately and releasing. So let's talk about the beginning of this latest project, how you started it, where you went for the recording. Was it like a DIY type recording? You know, you did it yourselves, or did you go somewhere? else to get it recorded and mixed and mastered um, and kind of give us a you know like a little summary of the whole project for the listeners sure of course so uh we've done four singles total right yeah yeah so for the uh, for all of them we've gone diy um the first one was done by our prior rhythm guitar player and he is uh quite decent at this recording stuff um and the rest have been done by me um so the room we're sitting in right now is the control room of my studio um and um and yeah we practice here um at my studio so my studio is not open for business yet because i'm building it um but yeah we're using it to practice and record all of our music and it's serving i guess uh for me to get better at this stuff so I guess as I've been playing with bands, I've also been recording with bands on and off, uh, but I've never put, I guess, that much effort into it until now. Uh, that I'm, I guess, I'm working towards, you know, achieving uh, a sound that can compete with any other studio um, out there. 
And so, uh, I guess for a writing process, we typically have, I guess, three or four stages. We always draft music first before we record it for real. And that, I guess, allows us to listen to it and reflect back on things we want change, things we like, things we don't like. Um, and that way, all of our songs that we have released, I think, have evolved quite a bit before we actually release them. Like they all started as, you know, very different music that they ended up being. Yeah. Um, like our most recent one, like we changed the chorus entirely. With yeah. belligerence yeah chorus tempo drums yeah. yeah there were like a lot of changes to that song from wh where it started out so the pre-production is kind of the probably the most important thing um and then we usually we usually track drums first um so that's something that we can do i guess here that many bands cannot uh we have the ability to track live drums at the studio um and I think we, we all like that a lot, especially Grayson. He likes to be able to perform for real on the songs, whereas it would be maybe more economical to just program the drums and use samples for everything. Um, but yeah, we prefer it that way. And then I love mixing drums and getting good drum sounds that are like a real person playing a drum kit. Yep. Um, so for me, it's like a, a pleasure to mix a, a real drum kit. And then on top of that, we do bass, guitars, vocals um, at the end, which is, I think, fairly typical for a metal type recording yeah absolutely and yeah like you were saying earlier pre-production is very very important um because sometimes you think you know how that song is supposed to sound and how you think you want it to sound at the end but once you do a recording of it then you start hearing different things and it's just like what if we change this this and this and see if that makes more sense and and sometimes it does sometimes it doesn't but Pre-production, like you said, is was one of the most important parts of a recording project. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And as you said, it's kind of completely different when you're in, on the performing side than when you're on the on the listener side. Um, and I think we take that approach with our uh, our rehearsals too. Like we record pretty much all of them, and then we can listen to them and decide, you know, what needs work, what needs changes. Um, and that way, I would say. I guess in the last year or so, since we've been practicing here, our sound is getting a lot better. Uh, so that's a, a big help for us, I think. Definitely. And then once you get everything recorded, then you got to relearn everything before you go play it out live, right? Yeah, sometimes, yes, because we decide uh, to make a change. Uh, and then, yeah, we need to, I guess, relearn the song, practice it. Uh, we try to, I guess, be able to play the song all together the way we recorded before we actually recorded. Mm -hmm. uh, but sometimes we make little changes uh, and then we have to relearn it after the fact. But mostly, I guess, by the time we record the song, everybody knows that their parts to a T for the most part. Good. Now, I usually put um, a few songs on the podcast for people to hear. Um, what will be like two or three songs you'd like to put on here for, um, for your listeners? Yeah, I would say for a song that has a little bit of everything, I think the song 7312 that we released in January, January this year. Uh, so our second to last single, because it, it shows the heavier side, but also like a bit of the, the cleaner, softer, almost acoustic side. Okay. And a little bit of the more progressive elements as well.
I think that's like a good overall representative. And then the other three songs that we have are all like hard. <laughs> <laughs> so Lament goes hard, but it does have like a beautiful, clean chorus. Um, very high vocals. <laughs> very high, yeah. <laughs> Die, 
Literance just pretty much goes high all the time. And then it also has a clean chorus.
and I guess Daylight Riot is the same. So yeah, I guess um, our music tends to be like screen burst, clean chorus. But yeah, if I have to highlight one, I would say 7312. Anything else about the recordings or the songs that you want to talk about before we move on to the next question? Well, yeah, I guess one thing to point out is we're working on recording our album or we're going to start working on that soon. We're, we have to finish a little bit of the writing pre-production states and then we'll get started. I guess the plan is to get started um, during the end of fall winter. Okay. And so you said you're going to do a whole album. So how many songs do you think you want to try to put on this one? Typically, there's like no case where one song is really 100%. I think it's 11. Okay. And do you have like alternatives just in case when you start recording and they just don't seem to be working for the feel of the album? Do you have other ones as well? Or are you just going to try to stick with those 11? Yeah, I guess these 11 are after we already discarded a bunch. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Because uh, when Grayson got started with Garrett, the original guitar player, they wrote, you guys wrote like 20 something songs, maybe? No, I mean, we had like about the same, but <clears throat> we had like 10 songs, but some of them always, you know, weren't necessarily like songs that should have been kept or songs that right. could have been improved. So we've just kind of like swapped ones in and out over the years that have like, say, a new, you know, like every time like a new guy's added to the band, basically, we've had a new song to add. Uh, to replace a different one and we've just kind of been going through and cutting out the stuff that maybe doesn't quit you know doesn't quite fit or doesn't work for like the style we're going for or that sort of thing yeah because i guess we've had like four main songwriters so that gives us a lot to choose from because everybody brought their own material and we kind of yeah makes and match whatever we thought was best for the overall sound of the band I'm a high school band director. Yeah, that's that's a great uh, approach. I mean, especially with the situation where you guys have been having, you know, members change here and there over the few years. You know, sometimes you can't either record that song because of, you know, copyright or just because you don't want to have that person come back or just wasn't a song that fit you anymore. But now the songs that you have picked fits the personality of everybody in the group, which is great. Yeah. And typically there's like no case where one song is written 100% by one person. It's just a little written in the context of the band. And you cannot take away like contributions, you know? So yeah, thinking about Lament, that's one of the songs that was written by um, our prior rhythm guitarist. Um, the chorus of that song, I think I wrote that, right? Yeah, you wrote the vocal melody, and then obviously I wrote all the lyrics. So And the chorus kind of makes the song, so then he couldn't like take that away, and it being fair. And he's quite chill about us using the song, too. So. It's good at least there's you know, no animosity between you know prior members, which is great. I know we're all yeah. chill with him. Yeah, it's great. I think we're are we doing that show with him too? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. this new band he's in, yeah, we're gonna be doing a show with him on what the uh, 16th of September. Yeah, so yeah, it'll be cool. <laughs> I think it's kind of a reflection of the music scene here is that like. I mean, there's some musicians that kind of come and go through bands, but everyone is kind of a big family, and we're all like, we're friendly. Yeah. yeah, we're all super supportive. So, um, yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, because you know, when I'm a high school band director, and what I tell my kids is a band is, you know, it's a family, and sometimes people leave and come back, or they leave and do other things, but you're still part of a family, and that's what's important. Super important. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Trying to get in, like. Moving on to another question is work-life balance. Now, I don't know if this is your your full-time gig, you know, or if you're 
have other daytime jobs or family life, but um, each one of you can kind of talk about how um, you're making work life work life balance work for you. Yeah, so I guess. I was gonna say, yeah, we all have day jobs. So. Yeah, <laughs> for me, it's kind of tough because I I work like you know one week I'll work a full five day and then I'll do like a weekend every other weekend with my like job, but then I'll get like. Uh, a day off during the week too if i work a weekend so like usually like today is my day off during the week so like um i came up here and we usually do that for like rehearsals and stuff or like say we're doing this interview or this podcast and stuff and then on the weekends that i'm off i you know i try to spend time with my girlfriend and then obviously with these guys too so it's just scheduling on my end is kind of hard but like you also live an hour away yeah i also live an hour away from the rest of the guys too but like having music and yeah so i mean the rest of us kind of have similar ish schedules so that, that being javi grayson and me so we do a lot of like instrumental practices and then we uh schedule a lot around like when alex is available yeah it's on the outlier here yeah which is not a huge problem it's just um it just your days kind of float so we kind of adapt but yeah we're relatively pretty consistent with our you know practicing because that is super important i think um we try to get in like one or two practices a week barring like we have a gig or if there's like a holiday or something we'll take a little bit extra time off but yeah yeah and then i think we also all make time for practicing um our instruments individually which kind of makes a difference yeah so i guess there's work that happens with all of us together and then work that happens individually uh, so yeah yeah i think overall we were able to make it work <laughs> anybody else have anything else to add to that i mean when you were asking about it being like a full-time gig or whatever like i mean i wouldn't i mean i guess i don't think any of us would mind that would you know take off that'd be kind of cool obviously but um, yeah, I don't have to work a stupid day job, but but um, yeah, I mean that'd be like an ideal end goal. But you know, life takes different turns, and depending on what happens, you just gotta kind of roll the punches. But that, I guess, if I would speak for the rest of you, that'd be a cool end goal. But, yeah, I would agree. Yeah, yeah, I think we all just love music and just like having music in our lives in some degree. And even regardless if it's like a full time thing, like just doing what we do now and maybe on a slightly bigger scale you know what i mean like yeah yeah just being a yeah a part of the scene and having fun just jamming making people happy at different venues and whatnot so for me i would say i maybe like a more realistic goal because i've been doing this for 14 years it would be to be financially self-sustainable meaning not having to put money of our own pockets into the band but instead the band being self-sustainable financially that would be great Mm -hmm. um, wrapping this up last thing i kind of ask is gigs that have made an impression on you either as on stage the on stage artist or as a an audience member going and seeing a local or a national uh, yeah, touring band and each one of you can pick either or or talk a little bit about both but yeah, I guess what made an impression on you and why did it make such a big impression on you well uh, i think i'm like a more commercially success successful like uh group that i saw um 
Um, I uh, Link, Lincoln Park um, is one of was you know is a fan favorite of like all of us and everything I think and um, I saw them in 2015 um, in Milwaukee and a day to remember opened for them and then another like I think a local talent opened for them too. Um, but that was the first time I've ever seen Lincoln Park and Chester Bennington's like a huge inspiration for vocals for me and that venue was like they literally said to the audience they're just like. You must have like really like wanted us to be here because we can't even like hear through our in ears. Like everybody was just singing the lyrics like and just like having a great time. And that was like one of the best shows and like vibes and feelings I ever had at a like a show ever. Nice, very nice. Yeah, you bored. <laughs> yeah, I mean I've been to so many shows, but I guess uh, I saw Gojira in Madison a couple of years ago, and I found out that the Duplantier brothers. Uh, the front man and the drummer, their mom was born in Madison. And so they were talking about how they felt like this connection to the city. And I had no idea. And I thought it was super cool. And I was like, oh, I have this. I don't live in Madison, but I live in the state where Madison is. Right. So I have a little tiny connection to this band that I like adore. Um, so yeah, and I mean, the show itself was like amazing. Um, I love the band. But, yeah, I guess that's what comes to mind for me. Excellent. Um, yeah, for me, I have two. I would say the first one uh, that made a really big impact on me was, um, I think, Arcade Fire. In I think it was about 2011, right after they released The Suburbs. I was um, in Madrid, Spain with my brother. And so my brother also really likes music as much as I do. But he doesn't like metal. He's more like an indie rock type of guy. Um, and we both loved Ar Arcade Fire at the time, so we went together. Um, and yeah, that was an, an amazing show that kind of stuck with me. And then, uh, much more recent, um, I guess last sort of big band show that I went to, um, Haken, uh, progressive metal band in Minneapolis. I think like the best live show overall that I've seen in terms of musicianship, um, probably. Uh, yeah, so those are the two that stuck with me. Um, I haven't seen, I haven't gone to a lot of like commercial, commercially successful, I guess, <laughs> band shows recently. Um, not to toot our own horn a little bit, but I feel like uh, we played the Lyric Room back in March, and it was kind of our, it was our first gig. It's like a four piece, like after you know, we kind of went through a lineup change, and after right after we uh, released seventy three twelve and. For me, it was like one of the best shows that we played. Like it was, I was very nervous the whole time before it. So we were like, we went on third. So we had like two other bands that went on before us and the penultimate band. <laughs> well, I was just worried yeah. about, you know, trying to make, you know, make sure that everything sounded good. Cause like for me, the lyric room was like, that was like the place to play. Like if you played the lyric room, you were doing something right. Yeah. So, and it, the show went off without a hitch. We had a ton of support from, yes, you know, from all of our friends and family. Um, it was our first show selling merch and we did, you know, did really well financially that night. And it was, for me, it was just like one of the best experiences that I've had doing this sort of band thing. Same. Yeah. yeah it was, sounded great too. So yeah. It was a milestone for sure. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. Agree. All right. Excellent. Well, gentlemen. Thank you so much for being on the Wisconsin Music Podcast. It was great meeting you. Listeners, go check out their music. Um, do you guys have your music on Bandcamp, right? Yes, we do. 
So listeners, go go to Bandcamp and you know pay for pay for the music. I know streaming is real easy. Um, Bandcamp actually has their own streaming app, so you can always use that as well. But um, bands really don't get any money from streaming sites. Um, they a thousand plays on any streaming site is not going to get you much more than probably not even enough money to go buy a coffee at Starbucks or wherever you go get your coffee. But if you go and buy their music on like places like Bandcamp. They actually goes to the artist. So go check out Bandcamp and find some new artists, especially the local ones here in Wisconsin. And gentlemen, once again, thank you so much for being on the show. And that's a wrap on another thrilling episode of the Wisconsin Music Podcast. Massive thank you to our incredible listeners who tuned in today. Your support means the world to us, and we hope you enjoy the deep dive into the haunting sounds of Daylight Riot. Special gratitude goes out to the members of Daylight Riot for sharing their insights, stories, and of course, their incredible music with us. Remember to check out their Linktree, uh, which is at Linktree slash Daylight Riot for more exclusive content and updates on their debut LP, Tragedy of the Raven. More information in the show details. We also want to express our appreciation to Fox City's Indie Radio for rebroadcasting our episodes every Wednesday at 6 p.m. and Sundays at 3 p.m. Your commitment to showcasing local talent is invaluable and we're thrilled to be a part of your lineup. As we wrap up, stay tuned for more episodes where we continue to amplify Wisconsin musicians. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe, rate, leave a review, and go listen to past episodes you haven't heard yet. Your feedback helps us grow and bring you more fantastic content. Until next time, music enthusiasts, keep the tunes alive and the volume up. Thanks for joining us on the Wisconsin Music Podcast.